This is The View from the Gladys Street, a podcast by the fans for the fans, as we go on the terraces to discuss all the big talking points at Everton Football Club. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Everton Fan Podcast on the Royal Blue, Acast and iTunes channel. It's this week's View from Gladys Street, and I'm your host, Ian Kroll. It's been somewhat of a surreal few days for Everton fans over the past 78 hours. We have a lot to get through in this week's show, so we'll get straight to it. Today's agenda is full of stadium talk, transfer talk, with the usual suspects of Sahar, Keane and Guy, very much the hot topic. I'll introduce today's guests for starters and we'll get down to it. It's a full squad today, no injuries or suspensions. Sat round the table with me, we have Conor O'Neill. You all right, Conor? Evening, Ian. You okay, mate? I am. I am. Good to have you back on the show. Been too long. Um, second guest is Theo Walcott's biggest fan. <laughs> it is Rob Astle. You all right, Rob? Evening, mate. You okay? I am. I'm very, good. very good. My third guest is a man making only his second appearance on the show, having driven 160 miles to get here. It's the return of Matthew Barry. How are things, Matthew? Very well, thank you. Evening, everyone. Just noticed on your Facebook uh, this afternoon that your mum was quite concerned about your whereabouts being in Liverpool. She was, yeah. Yeah, she didn't know what a podcast was, bless her. Wow. All, all sorts of now, that's <laughs> all right now, yeah. Fair enough. Um, before we get into some transfer talk, then let's just delve into the, the first segment of the show, the proposed Bramley Moore Stadium designs released by Everton on Thursday. Connor, let's start with you. We'll go around the table. Um, initial thoughts when they were released at 7pm on Thursday? Incredibly excited. Um, it feels like a long, long time coming, if we're being honest, to get to this point. There's obviously a lot of work's gone into to what to get to this moment. It's always nerve-wracking before they announce plans because you think if people don't like them, they, you know, they don't react positively to them. Where do we go from there? Because did the club then say, well, we're going along with that anyway? Sod what you lot think, which causes divides. But no, the, the plans and everything about it was, was so good. I mean, Dan Meese is, is his name, yeah, I yeah. pronounce it, is, you know, a genius in some respects for what he's done to, to, to take every concept of what people want and to go for what he's done. And I think the, the the only negative I'd say is why the club have hidden away for so long because he talks so well, mm. he talks so passionately about Everton. He's an asset to the club, like he's you know he's an asset, and it just baffles me that they've, they've kind of kept him quiet for so long because it, it's hard to see why because what he's come up with and what he's designed is is phenomenal. But I suppose on the flip side, now the hard work really does start because they've got to make you know dreams into a reality sooner than quicker than what we hope because we're almost at the point now I think where you dread to think where we will be and what will go on if this doesn't come off because we've gone that down that far down the line. We're hopeful of the new ground that we're gonna get. So if it doesn't come off, who knows what what where it's gonna go. But initial thoughts, it's it's very exciting and one I hope we do genuinely get over the line. I mean, Rob, this is, like Connor just said, it's very much the beginning now, the hard work starts. But, you know, just tell us when then, you know, the videos and the pictures were released, what were you uh, thinking? The, I mean, on Thursday night, I mean, I was only looking at it on, a, on an iPad screen on a Thursday night. And um, even then, just the whole way it's built, you know, it's built from brick and, brick and steel. It's, it doesn't look like a plastic bowl. It's unique. It's not, you know, it's not, akin to no disrespect to them like something like Sunderland or the Riverside in terms of a new stadium the infrastructure around it looks great as well but then on Sunday I went down to um, Edge Lane to see the um, like the People's Project Roadshow and stuck the VR goggles on and when you stick that on it just gives it a whole new lease of life really it's that's is it the, the is it the South Stand which is the one with all the is that the one with the 13,000 that looks absolutely massive but then going around reading all the details of what's going into it it ju- again it's just it's just mind-blowing to think that they can do that and it tells you how they're going to fill in the fill in the dock and and all sorts and that my only slight little gripe with it because allowed I'm a, to have a gripe because i'm a blue and everyone's always blues have always got to have a gripe but something i don't like the position of the away fans okay they're too close to the pitch they need to be further back into the gods but otherwise it's perfect. I think that's a valid point to be fair. Yeah, it's it, it's it's very similar to the old Trafford layout, you know, where they're on the corner. Yeah. Um, I just think we, they should be pushed up that little bit further back so they're out the way. And Spurs, Spurs is it's like that, isn't yeah, it? Similar similar to that. Yeah, that's probably my only like... It's, uh, sorry, but is there not something about, about by fans where you house them now? 
There's a rule. I don't know. I mean, Newcastle oh, fans. Or there's, there's something was, was getting looked at because opposition fans were kicking off that they were getting yeah. put in the gods and charged, you know, ridiculous prices. Oh, right. You look at Newcastle, you're on the roof, aren't you? Yeah, you know, ridiculous yeah. prices to be sat in oh, the well, gods well, type well, thing. So I don't know whether there is a legality to it. Oh, well, thing, if yeah. it. Well, if there is, then fair enough. But, you know, if we could change anything, it'd be that. And then I think... I think as well that the the Goodison legacy project as well is just as equally exciting what they're going to do to that you know what would be once Goodison goes what would be a potentially deprived area you know they're the putting real you know a real plan in place for it and so echo what you've just said there kind of the hard work starts now it does and it does what I said this the last time we think we had the conversation about the stadium the club have done every single thing right they're not rushing anything they're not you know you know, they're not doing things by art or anything like that. They're doing it by the book because I think they know if this go if this falls through in any shape or form or wrong, they're gonna have a mutiny on their hands. It's probably another ten or fifteen years though, isn't it? Then if this doesn't happen before, yeah. before we even yeah. get to like further designs, yeah. you know what I mean? So it could you dread to think what could this look like by then, wouldn't yeah. you? As much as we love it, you dread to think what that'll look like intensively because there's there's only so much we can continue to do there. So so long may continue really this 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 really diligent process of of making sure that every box is ticked and get yourself down to that um to the people's project roadshow because it's great and it gives it a bit more in detail of what you can uh and as well give you a little survey to do brilliant as i did people comment about the away fans in there <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it's been yeah. i'm sure it's been noted um matthew it's it's a unique you know, design, isn't it? You know, there's probably nothing like it in, in the UK. So are you going to be looking forward to the journeys up from Cardiff? To- oh, absolutely. I, from looking at the the, the fly-through, um, the brickwork, and just how they've managed to put the roof on top of something that fits in with a dock to make it so unique, then, you know, it, it's massive. And as Connor says, you know, we've had Dammy's hidden away, and he's such an advocate. Mm-hmm. for the club and everything that he, he talks about the club is all with integrity um he, he just wants to wax lyrical about everything that this everton and one of the things when you look at the plans for the new stadium is i think they've tried to carry as much of goodison over to it but still be have that uniqueness yeah one of the the bigger things for me when we're looking at the um the pictures of it all is how much space for, for a confined area, it looks like there's quite a bit of space around for the fan parks, for the plazas, things like that, where you know, we, the club can maximise revenue potential by keeping people on site. Mm-hmm. Whereas at Goodison, we, we can't do that now. I mean, personally, I, I love it. I really do. But I did see an image before, you know, the embargo of 7pm and I wasn't entirely convinced on the brick design when I first saw it because I don't know what you think. It's definitely unique, but it's it's very similar to the... Um, the Ibrox Rangers yeah. Stadium, isn't it? I think no, that's not that's not a negative thing. Yeah. I just I understand why the brickwork has been you know included in it because it's you know the Dockland and that's what we're trying to do. I just I wasn't entirely convinced on the brickwork, but you know inside the stadium, it's it's just going to be insane. I think it's going to be tremendous. It, it reminds me quite a bit of the, the Lucas Oil Stadium in yeah. in America, yeah. which is see just brickwork and, yeah. and glass and, and steel, and that's that's an amazing structure. Mm. That I ju- is. I just want to know how much them tickets are in the. Uh, in the tunnel. That'll be like, yeah. be like a yeah. box, won't it? Surely. Oh, the extortion. Yeah. You pay I mean, inside the stadium as well, whether you'd agree or not, I feel like it's it's very similar to Juventus's stadium. Yeah. With within like it's it's just massive all the way round and you know, very, very close to the pitch as well. It looks like it'd be sunken in in a way. I mean, mm. from what if you look at the plans um of where they where they're filling the dock into it's almost like it's gonna like just like almost like sit, just like just inside the um inside the inside the dock. So, be interesting to see. I'd love to see like a scale model of it, not just a VR thing. Mm. So you can have like a real like gander around yeah, yeah. You, uh, to see where it is. But bring it on. Um, kind of obviously funding for it. You know, not nothing's been confirmed yet. So you know, any concerns that that could be an issue in in the. Well, well, again, it goes back to it goes back to the hard work starts now, doesn't it? Because they, they've got to get that in place. Because without that, there won't be a ground to be built. So, yeah, th- there's always concerns because it's not a case of is it like we've got X amount of money and this is what we're going to do. There's there's obviously been a lot of things muted in the past about 
the funding of it and stuff and people potentially or not potentially getting involved, etc. But yeah, it, it is a worry because you would like to hope that we do have that funding in place sooner rather than later so that when we get the go-ahead to formally go, we can just start straight away. It's not a case of, oh, well, we're hanging off because we're still, you know, 50 million short or whatever of what we need. You, you do hope that we're in that position, that we're in, we're in a position sooner rather than later where we, once, the button, once we get the okay, we can just start work straight away because the sooner we start work, the better because the quicker we're going to be playing football heads. It makes complete sense for us to try and get there as fast as we can. Obviously, you hope that things get done right to get us there. But, you know, like I said earlier, you you you, you do wonder what Goodison will look like in, you know, even five to six years, if we're being honest, let alone 10 years. So I think the sooner we do get the finance in place, the better, because once you get the green light, it's easier to to start the work almost immediately instead of waiting and then dragging it on. And everyone gets that little bit restless and it's just not... Not an avenue that I think we should be going down. I don't think. I don't mean. I don't know. I don't know whether it was mentioned when Dan Meese did the thing at the the Titanic the other day or anything like that. But you'd like to think if we're going for planning permission, kind of the finance comes hand in hand with it mm. in a way. Otherwise, you don't otherwise, need it otherwise, what's the no, point? No, no, I agree. What's the point? No, I agree. But you don't. You don't need mm. the funding to yeah. go for planning permission. That's what I read in the week. But it's, it's but for the from a club's point of view to maintain on track. No, yeah, absolutely. You'd, yeah. It, you'd expect it to be. It's a go hand in hand. I mean, I think the only thing we know is that it probably won't be council funded now. I think that's one of the still an option. I think, but I don't think option. it's, it's yeah. don't think it's the main option, is it? The noises from the club are they they've got peop they've got quite a few people who are interested in funding it, and the council Usman off a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, and the but the council offer is still on the table. Yeah, yeah. I mean, time frame two thousand and twenty three. Is that is that realistic? Do you think? I think so. I I think. Dodged a bullet not having the Commonwealth Games mm-hmm. in Liverpool because I think, as Rob said, then we we may have had a Meccano Stadium, yeah, yeah, just just to put up ready to, to get it in. Yeah, made. now this is going to be massively unique, yeah, and you know all for for Everton Football Club. Um, twenty twenty three, yeah, they said you know three years from my planning permission, so planning permission quarter quarter four of this year, mm. start building. Hopefully, quarter one, quarter two next year. The only thing I suppose once you if Everton goes. To plan with the planning permission and whatnot, the probably the only thing you've probably got to really look at in terms of delays is like what happened with Spurs Stadium. They had countless problems, didn't they? You know, when they were they walking. did try to proper rush it through though, didn't yeah. they? Like it was. Mm-hmm. Did we have a chat the other week? Yeah, they, they like, were very ambitious on their time and scales, the, yeah. yeah, they yeah. were. Plus, they built into the existing White Hart yeah, Lane, didn't yeah. they? So, but you'd like, but, but as well, you'd like to think that the club have taken, you know, they've taken research from the likes of the new White Hart Lane and and and. West Ham's move as well, and and taking it into consideration of, for our design as well. So, yeah, you think one of the the biggest possible delays if if it gets called in, mm. like like Kirby did, but you think all the groundwork that the club have done mm. in mm. speaking to it's, historic England, it's always a possibility, isn't it? Yeah, but you know they up in Parliament a couple of weeks ago and and talking to MPs and showing everybody what we're doing and the importance of the reasons why economically and obviously for the stadium for the for the club. So you think they probably ticked a couple of boxes beforehand, just in case it does get called in. A council, council funded or not? I mean, put your allegiances to to one side for a minute. You know, like you said, there the economic boost that it give the city. You know, in terms of work, it give you know it give people at least four years work trying to build that, and then you've got the the jobs that come on top of it and things, and it just makes perfect sense all around. And what I could do for for the for the area would be great. I mean, Rob, Rob, Rob Astle's message there to the, the people of Merseyside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that like some his, ra- fans? his rally basically, call? Isn't yeah, it? Yeah, rally call? Yeah, basically. Well, I mean, like a politician. Connor, yeah. we, we haven't we haven't got that many options, or we didn't have that many options. Is the location right, like for for everyone involved, well, regardless regardless of the regeneration? Because obviously that is a big part of it, and it is a big thing, and I think it'll be a massive plus. But in terms of for Everton and the fans, is it the right location? I, I honestly don't think it's a question, is it the right location? I think it's the perfect location for what they want to do. Yeah. And I think that the big issue you've got now with, with football clubs is you just need, you need more than what it used to be. Like Good, like Goodison is an old-fashioned football ground because it's designed to have four set, four different sides, a car park and that's it. That functions. A, effectively, yeah. all Goodison yeah. is, isn't it? Every, every, and everything yeah. done in, everything's done within them four sides of the ground. Mm-hmm. You look at some grounds now, I mean, I've been to Manchester City and, and other big clubs, you know, 
you look at Liverpool, I was there a while back for the 223 derby and it's a complex now, it's massive. There's, there's stuff leading up to the ground, you know, there's different... You need that because you need the additional revenue streams that it brings, you need mm. the additional... I mean, as you said it there, you know, come come match day, at, say five to five, 40-odd Eversonians or 40-odd football, 40-odd thousand football fans leave Goodison and go into... Pubs. Ten local pubs around, yeah. not knocking them pubs because obviously they're going to suffer when that's not there. But the club have got to try and do something from a commercial point of view to keep at least half or even a third of them people within their you know proximity. And how, how much you know, of the land are we are going to own though? Well, this still remains to be seen, doesn't it? Because it it, it feels as though them plans show a little bit of both ways because on one angle it looks quite small and quite tight but then there's other angles and other pictures where it seems quite bigger and seems quite wide so mm. and logistically wise sorry to interrupt but there's there's literally two roads that is a, a big concern logistically and obviously you know even getting the train they, it, it's a good hike from the, the nearest station I mean even if people get the train into you know say for instance Lime Street it's still a hell of a walk from Lime Street to, to Bramley Moor. Dog. 20 minutes, isn't it? And, and it's one that well, it's more what you wouldn't want to be doing on a cold, wet October afternoon, isn't it? You know, and, you know, you know. So, uh, it, logistically, it is a problem, and I know Spurs have had problems logistically with, with their new ground because they've obviously upped the up the attendance and etc. It's the volume of people. The volume of people increases, but I just think that the opportunity for them to build somewhere like that, so close to the waterfront so close to the city centre, not a million miles away from Goodison. It isn't actually it, a million miles away from Goodison. It ticks it? a lot of boxes. Um, when you consider, you know, the Kirby project, for instance, where it was effectively in a, on the other side of the city in some respects. and Out of, I, out of the city, technically. Well, technically out of the city, yeah. This yeah. the city boundary, isn't it? Yeah. But it, it's... I think you just can't pass up the opportunity to go there, in, in my opinion. And I think whether people agree or disagree for the club it's a massive opportunity to expand and, and to become a proper commercial entity because I know over time we, we have developed and we have got you know better sponsorship deals and stuff like that but we're still a far far way off competing at the high end of the commercial table in, in the Premier League you, you look at you know City, Liverpool Spurs United the money they just make off corporate hospitality and stuff like that is phenomenal mm. we're limited the minutes what we can do we need to go somewhere where we can expand and, and get bigger. And like we've, we've already seen, they've already got plans for the Tunnel Club. That's So there'll be a host of other plans in place, no doubt. So I just, they can't pass, in my opinion, they can't pass up on the opportunity to go and build somewhere like Bramley Moor. Connor's just said there, it ticks the boxes, Bramley Moor. Y- you could put us, there was talk about us on Walton Hall, um, Park. Walton Hall Park, wasn't it? You know, that's not, it's not really desirable, is it, given what's around there and things like that. I just think, if you're a tourist coming into this city, you can have a real, real presence in that city centre then. You know, I'm sure we've already got a club shop. We've got, you know, there'll be stadium tours, which you could probably do it. There'll be concerts and stuff in the summer. To have it there is a real, real prominent spot. It's a 20-minute walk from from the from the Bramley Moor Dock onto the, like, the main waterfront of the Pierhead. You know, it might not be great on a winter's afternoon and things like that, but I'm sure there will be enough infrastructure there. And am I, I could, again, correct me if I'm wrong here, isn't all that Liverpool water stuff meant to be knocking around there as well? Here, yeah, where where um, they're putting shops and, and whatnot in, involved. Mm. Where the Titanic Hotel is now, next to it's the old tobacco warehouse. Mm-hmm. The bottom of that is going to be shops and restaurants. So it, there'll be things around there for people to, you know, to loiter around until mm. their train comes or their lift mm-hmm. comes or, the, the, you know, the, the foot traffic to die down and things yeah. like that. I, I think the thing, from what I meant, and I think Connor, like, touched on as well, was will Everton own the land around it, do you know what I mean? Because, like, them uh, shops uh, that, you yeah. need, that you're talking about there, Everton aren't going to own them unless they buy them, obviously. So, commercially-wise, just thinking of all the docks that are around there, are they going to get filled in? Are we going to, you know, take advantage of the, the, the area around mm. that? That's that's a thought. Well, if they're putting a fan, I mean, again, they're putting a fan zone in, aren't they? Which is just at the front, what would be the front of the stadium. Mm-hmm. That space alone is is big enough to build, you know, plenty on. And again, but these are the, I suppose, these are the the little details that we're going to find out over the coming, you know, the coming months. Yeah, well, I mean, that was the thing that the, 
the images that we saw were the concepts and, and mm. it, it can change. So over time, yeah, they may alter, but you know, the, the, the structure of the stadium and, and what we saw is, is going to be the principal part of it. And what goes around then in terms of fan parks and shops and things like that will change over time, probably as commercial revenue gets talked about and who wants to have shops there or what sort of facilities they're going to have. Yeah. I think the only thing that they're tied to is the hydraulic crane and what they do with, with that building and everything else. They've got free reign to do what they want. Okay. And, and lastly, um, any issues with the World Heritage sites disappearing? Oh, get them in the bin. <laughs> oh. Who honestly cares what they've got to say? It's have ridiculous. You seen, have you seen, I, mean, I mean, I'm pretty certain some of these guys are just wind up merchants on social media. But some of the reasoning behind as to why we should keep the UNESCO World Heritage Site thing is just ridiculous. It's only saying it's under threat, though. I heard this, I've read this week it's that... It's been under threat for like 12 years. No, no, but I, I read this week that even if the stadium is there now, then there's a chance that it could still yeah, be it's, like World Heritage. So. But, it, it does, it, but that itself doesn't generate money for the city on a weekend. Two things generate money for on this for our city on a weekend. Football fans are people on stag and Hindus, mm. right? That's probably the probably the main the bulk like the the top the top half of it. Them them stag and Hindus aren't coming down saying, oh guy let's go let's go look at these dead look docks. Hey guys, it's a UNESCO World Heritage site. They're not gonna do that, are they? Forget them. <laughs> you never know what they're gonna yeah. do, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay then, so we'll finish that segment um, of the podcast on the stadium and we'll start talking about some transfer news. <laughs> um, to be honest, yesterday seemed a bit of a fast, didn't it really, uh, with what Sky was proper sports. Everton yesterday, wasn't it? It was proper Everton and whether Everton were you know, to blame for it or whether Sky was to blame for it, I'm probably going to say Sky was to blame for it. Um, but yeah, obviously, supposedly two offers in for Zuma Connor. Um, first, 55. Zaha. Zuma. Zaha. Oh, you got me excited then. Sorry, Zaha. <laughs> um, yeah, first That's not offer. Ian Crawbrick then, Ian. It's inside information. I shouldn't have leaked that. <laughs> if that happens before this goes uh, out now. I imagine, yeah. Hold on, as a legend. Um, okay, second offer was meant to be 55 plus uh, Tosin and McCarthy. Um Whichever, and then denied. What what have you made of the past, you know, couple of days? Really, I, I honest, I think since was it last Thursday when they first broke in the boat so hard was Jim White, yeah, tweeted saying they had interested in Dean. Then obviously, the Saturday was the one for me where it really ramped up because when Pepe was confirmed as pretty much going to Arsenal, you knew that ended any interest they were having so hard because there's no way they were gonna fork out fifty five, sixty potentially even more as well as the 72 the fork and off of Pepe because it's just you can't see them doing that mm. you know and it'd be so unlike Arsenal it's so unlike Arsenal to spend 72 million on Pepe let alone go out and break the bank for two players obviously with that become you know Everton pretty much people in some people's opinion had you know the only club in for, for Zahar I then think Silva's comments on Saturday night didn't help after the Sector. He was clearly annoyed. He's, he's, he's clearly a bit restless, wasn't he? Yeah. Was you could see maybe he's a bit fed up. Only ever can get beat twice in one day, though. Well, exactly. <laughs> in the space of four hours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think from to, is that a first? Surely it's a first. Yeah. Yeah. I think for him to come out and say what he did say about needing five players, I think it certainly shook a few people at the club. Then obviously the first bid went in. Did it not on Sunday? The first bid went in, did it on Sunday? 55. Went in 52, wasn't it? I think the, the first one was. But again, that seems totally because you had, you know, different media reports. Some were saying it's an old goer. Some saying they're not, they're not nailed on to get him. It was just bonkers. And then obviously yesterday was just the tip of, tip of the iceberg, wasn't it? From I think... You could clearly see that the club are fed up with the rumours because they'd come out and publicly. Well, I can't remember the last time they came to out. To publicly come out and slam something like that is unheard of. Never do that, do It's unheard of across any footballers that you just ignore it. You very rarely see, you come out and see clubs saying a certain place not for sale, but you very rarely have a club come out and say, we never bid it for them. That's, you know, a load of lies. So it's clearly rattled a few people's cages at the club. But still, I, I mean, don't think I don't think we will get to hard. I don't think we ever will get to hard personally. Um, and I just think now it's kind of showed that some people are more reliable in the media than others. I mm. think if we're being honest, 
I probably would. I think if I'm being honest, I think he would improve us. I, I, I think there's no doubt he's got ability. Yeah, he's a little bit hit and miss and he's a little bit frustrating. But at the minute, you look at what we've got, he would probably he probably would improve us. Um, but again, it'd be interesting to see where he would have played because I, I had a little bit of the belief over the weekend that if we would have got him in, it meant Charleston probably would have started the season possibly up top with him, Bernard and Zahar on either flank, which kind of rules out would have rules out of signing a forward because you wouldn't make up signs of reshuffle the pack. But obviously now <laughs> that doesn't look the case and yeah. we're now looking we're going to get a forward over the well, line. It's kind so of switched, hasn't it? Yeah. It's, it's just gone. But I honestly think it's going to be like this now for the next week till the deadline closes next Thursday because I think when your manager comes out publicly and says we need five more players, you know, basically the squads we've got, we need to improve, etc., etc. It's going to be frantic now for the next week because any player that potentially is available, we're going to get linked to it because people know that we're, in, we're looking to add to the squad. So once you're in that position, you get linked with everyone and anyone. I need to sit, I need a sit down before when they said we were after Mario Mandzukic. I was like, what? <laughs> Where does he come from? <laughs> hey, with with Zaha, I, I, can't, I can't tell whether he's a good player in an average team. Mm. And then when you take him and put him in a good team, yeah. whether he becomes an excellent player in a good team mm. or whether he just... Blends in as a good player in a good team, and well, I can say it was, it was it's United, just too much money. It's just too much money to take a risk on. Yeah, this yeah. is this is this is my gripe with Zaha. Mo, I know I had a pop on Twitter, call him Yannick Balassi Tan two point It's been a bit harsh there. Giving three a walk up. Yeah, I've been I've been a bit harsh on him there. My my point on my point on Zaha is at the end of the day, this day, if let's say for argument, say yesterday's deal, this uh, fifty five plus two players, or even just fifty five, right? was going to be accepting who's going to come into the team. That's a player who has got to come into that team and take you to the next level. That's, you're not talking, you're not talking, you're not talking 30, 35, for him, which you could probably say, well, all right, then he's, he's probably the going rate. It's inflate, it's an inflated rate for that kind of money. We might be pushing aside two other targets there who could do a hell of a lot better. He already had, he's already had a chance at one club, one one big club in in and this isn't a disrespect to Palace by the way at United and he flopped there. Spurs have meant to have been interested in him in the last God knows how long and have never ever gone near him. Right for for sixty to seventy million, what that deal could potentially cost us. He needs to come into this team and take us to that next level, and I don't think he does that. The View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo. The View from the Gladys Street podcast. He's too inconsistent. You know, his stats aren't, you know, his stats were no better than Richarlison's, I think, last year. Ten goals and five assists. You know, it's... I, I agree with you, but I just feel if if the if the club were really interested in him, if he was, like, the top target for mm. Brandon Silva, then you just go out and get him. There's no messing around because what smacked me is... Old Everton, and there's no criticism on Brands or Silver or anyone, but you know, Arsenal bid 40 million and then Palace rejected it and said, No, we want 80, and that's that's it's 80. So we don't, we then go and bid 52 or 55. It's like, Well, they've just told you the asking price there, just, just don't be trying to get them on the cheap if you want them, go and get them. Do you think it might be not be a bit opportunistic though? As no, obviously, I, there's a negotiation, but yeah, because Arsenal have gone in for Pepe. Zahar wants to move. No, no. Palace I, are going, oh my God, we got a player who no, just I, wants out. I, I agree, but it kind of, like, the story of, I can compare on this, but, you, you know, 20 years ago when Alan Shearer was going to Absolutely. Newcastle yeah. and they bid 15 million and Everton were bidding 12 million. Like, no, it's they bid 15 million, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I, I think it's a bit of a different, I think it's a bit different it's, than it's that different, though, it? because It's different, but, They've told you it's it's eighty million or not, and so don't don't make yourself look silly and but, bid fifty five. But if you but if your but if your transfer budget is only X, well don't bid for it. Don't go for it. But you're gonna try and play the game, aren't you? You're gonna try and unsettle a player by saying, "Well, all right, then we're going at this, and we'll see what we'll see what you know if, if we get if we've got an inclination that Sahar actually wants to come, we might be able to you know." To, 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 I, I, to, think, to I think the big, the big yeah. issue for me though was that the whole the whole source of saga just didn't make no sense. Because it went against everything that brands have come out and said recently as to but the way we were going in terms of from what brands had said previously, his job and others at the club was to basically find 
the next Zaha, not the Zaha in some respects, so sign mm. the up-and-coming version. Sensible mm. prices and wages. Yeah, get them in young, you know, which is, seems a little bit what we're doing with Mosey Keane, if that's how you say his name. What is it? Keane, Ken is Keane. Moisey Moise Moise Ken. Moise Ken. Moise Ken. That, that seems to be the way Ken. we're going with him in terms of a young up-and-coming. Okay, he's expensive, but he's not as expensive as the proven... Mm. He's coming from big, the Ita- he's coming from the Italian champions the big, as well. Big names yeah. that you, you, but perhaps yeah. we wouldn't wouldn't get in the end in some respects. But for me, the whole transfer talk just didn't make no sense because it just didn't fit everything that we've been saying. And why, you know, where did the bid come from? Well, the reporter on Sky Sports News last night was basically saying Everton don't know they've put a bid in. That's what I'm saying. Bid, so someone's selling fib somewhere. Aren't it, they? Is, <laughs> it, is it a case of yeah. is it a case of you know Machete sat there Saturday nights? Seen Brands' uh, Silver's comments, maybe had a conversation and thought, oh, well, we'll just go for it and then see what happens, or mm. which defeats the objective Brands being in that position that he's in. I, I felt a bit sorry for Save Colohol on Sky, the, the chap who said we made the second bid, and then all of a sudden we've come out with a statement that said, no, we haven't. But I, 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 like- I honestly don't think he was lying, though. No. I think he, he's been told that from some sort. I, well, I don't know whether the source was in the club. I genuinely think this is what he's been told. Why else Why else would he say it? I, I absolutely think there's a communication from either Palace or the player or maybe somebody at Everton who's going, who's pushing this. Mm. But for the club to come out and make that statement, and yeah. it's like we say, I can't remember the last time they've ever come out and categorically said... Well, it, 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 was just a, it was just a total, total disaster, wasn't it? From, from start to start finish. finish it, yeah. Because it's just... Space of three hours, it was just yeah. a whirlwind. You know, it, <laughs> was, it, it, it was yeah. just, you know... Great entertainment on Twitter. It, though, was, it? it was great entertainment, <laughs> but when you're the club involved, I mean, yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? We all laughed at Arsenal two weeks ago when they put that £40 million yeah. bid in for so oh, We all laughed and thought it was hilarious. And then there's us kind of putting bids in and then yeah. saying, putting statements in and saying, no, we never, we never put no bids in. It's, it's just like... It's a bit like when apparently we were in for Sissoko before he went to Spurs mm. and we bid for him and he was coming to us He was coming, and all of a sudden he's not answering the phone and when actually somebody spoke to him about it, he's I was never going to Everton. I was always going to Spurs. What, what I don't get is, is this Zaha thing has come from nowhere. Like it's genuinely we. we up well, until, if Jim White hadn't tweeted saying we've got interest, no one would have put the two clubs together. Yeah, would yeah right. But where does Jim White usually get his information? Well, exactly, from? and that, yeah. that's the big issue, isn't it? Because but, the, the the figure pieces Farhad's sharing mm. to Mar- Jim White. Marco Silva said back in March or April it was that the club have got their targets. Yeah, yeah. I don't think Wilfred Zaha was on that list, to be honest with you. But I don't think he could have been because from what Silver and Brands were both saying, with that we were going down the avenue of we're yeah, not throwing, exactly. big, yeah, we're not throwing yeah. big money at it. We, we basically, I, I think we had actually discussed it on this podcast, we basically, basically said, are we basically tightening the pair strings and saying we're not spending big money because the last couple of years have been a disaster and we spent big money, so we're, rain, we're having to rein ourselves back in. I just think, I, and Zahar again is is that big money signing, and I think he's too big of a risk because I don't think he's not got any resale value. He's twenty seven. Mm-hmm. He's got, let's say, he gets two years at Everton where he's in where he hits the ground running. He's pushing thirty. Then you look what we've just sold a Jesse Gay for. You know, mm-hmm. we'd all want a lot. We'd all we all value a Jesse Gay a hell of a hell of a lot more than that. And he's just not that. I just don't think he's that player who can take us to that next level. I think. I think three years ago we did the same with Gilfie Sigurdsson. It was a long, drawn out process of buying Gilfie Sigurdsson. I think it took like six weeks trying to get Gilfie Sigurdsson in, in, mm. in, through the door. Forty-five million quid he cost. Don't get me wrong, he's not been bad, but we bought him to help us take us to that next level, and it, it didn't happen. Well, but there's the market that we're buying. I, 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 I now, the thing it? with Sigurdsson as well, though, was again Swansea said. From the first week of negotiations, it's forty-five million. I mean, negotiated for six weeks, and eventually ends up paying for. I mean, I always look back and I know there are arch rivals stuff, but you look at Liverpool with Van Dijk. They did they negotiated with Van, Liverpool, Southampton, went backwards and forwards, couldn't come to nothing in the summer. They obviously started the season, realised they, they still needed them because they were still well short in that department. Went back to Southampton, and said, "What will it take for you to?" And they said 75 million. They said, okay, we'll pay 75 mm-hmm. million because they'd obviously tried to negotiate the summer, failed. Then watched the first four or five months of the season and thought, we still need to bring them in. We've, we've still got major problems. We need someone who can fix our back four. So they just went out, asked what the price was, paid the price, and got him in. And he took them to the next level. Mm. And I think you look at like us, 
we're still away short of that kind of ruthlessness saying, mm. well, there we go. I don't think we'll ever be at that ruthless, that, ruthlessness that, at the minute. because that, that capital you to capital because, to play well, we don't, well. we don't want it. Well, I, I think we have got, we, we have, must have that capital because if we would have bid 55 million, say yesterday for, say that bid was correct, and Palace come back and said, yeah, we'll take the two players and that. Then we would have had to stump up the money because yeah. we've done we've, we've done a deal, no, so there no, must be no, some. We don't want, we're only joking. Yeah, 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 you know, but we can't be interest because they said yes, surprisingly. So there must be some capital there. I mean, yeah. again, you know, Mosey's coming in for 40 odd million, so that that's again a high price to pay. So there is some capital there. It just and it's it's to me this way, it just seems all mumbled up and it doesn't really make much sense. and it's kind of what I didn't think would happen because I always believed that Silver and Brands would have control and Machiri would kind of follow. Whereas now it appears it's just like Machiri does what he wants and Brand and Silver are kind of working think, in tandem. I think our problem this year has been, we've obviously had the targets, which is great. You know what I mean? There's obviously a plan there, but it looks a bit of a disjointed plan now because we've made it known that we do Just need to get... Just purely because of the, we need the to get, and we need situation to, But we need to get... One, we need to get players off the wage bill, which is what we spent, you know, two-thirds of the summer doing. And, and it, up until today, it was still going on. Mm. So you've got that. The district, but, then, just, but, but in between all that, people think, well, I haven't made a sign yet, so they're going to have to do something. And I, it's, it's, an, it's a known fact that Everton used in the media to to drum up interest for other clubs. And the whole Sahar thing last night for three hours is just, again, just made it 10 times worse. Mm. And I, I think, what are we on today? Wednesday, is it Wednesday, today, Tuesday? Tuesday. 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 Come the weekend, I think you'll have a clear indication of what's going to happen the the week leading up to deadline day. If we get two or three in now before the end of the week, don't think you're going to get any more the following week. But if it comes to Sunday and it's like, oh no, it, it could be a really busy week. But I think... Especially in terms of Zaha, if nothing happens between now and the weekend, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll happen. Well, apparently we're in for John Philippe Gabarmin. Well, he's going to replace from, Jesse Gay, isn't he? Straight away. That's... Um, and there's still talk we're in for Malcolm. Although apparently he's very close to going to Zenit St Petersburg. We'll see. I mean, but it, like I can say though, when your manager comes out and says we still want five more players. Two weeks before, well, less than two weeks before the transfer window closed, any player who's potentially muted us leaving their club is now going to be linked with Everton. Exactly. Because yeah. everyone knows, we'll A, we've players. got money mm. to spend, and B, the manager's actively yeah. looking to bring players in. So it's it's an easy win-win sell, isn't it? Because you just call Everton. And, and you know, you can't honestly say that maybe the goalkeeping department is probably the only department where you could say we're 100% strong. Strong. You know, there's no there's no area of the pitches the way you think. Left back. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. But again, apart from left back and goalkeeper, there's nowhere you'd be still your centre back. You'd still take a right back. Mm. You'd still take a couple of midfielders. You'd still take another wide man, maybe. You'd be definitely still take another forward. So I, I think it's just to touch on what you're saying here, but to go back to Rob's point as well, I think it, we were never going to fill every position this, no. this summer that we needed to. And to, to kind of defend Everton slightly. Um, you know, it has been on plan, I think, up until the Sahar, the Sahar bid came in. You know, we were never going to buy, you know, another world-class goalie to overtake Pickford. So what did we do? We got someone who was going to be an understudy. Gomez was, you know, in quite quite quick. That, that was done quite quick. A steal at the price as well. No, exactly. So, you know, that was expected in a way. He mm. came. Uh, Zuma, you're not, no one's not telling me that they didn't think he was going to stay. Mm-hmm. That's well, not what happened. And guy, no one's not telling me that yeah. he didn't think he was going to go. Change your manager. That's that's ruined. I think Sari would yeah. say to Chelsea, he'd be done a dusty. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think as well the transfer ban has enough because if you're Lampard going into the Chelsea job, in this in this situation, in you'd be looking at Zuma thinking, well, he was one of Everton's best performers mm-hmm. last year in the Premier League. I'd be mad to let him go because mm. we've not got, you know, they've lost Gary Cahill. Now I know Gary Cahill didn't feature much last year, but he was still an experienced figure around the club. So it'd be a new lease of life for Chelsea on from Chelsea's point of view to have Zuma in that team. Exactly, yeah. And it's his chance, isn't it? Because he he's never gonna get a better chance to prove himself at Chelsea than now because he knows that the club aren't gonna pull something out the bag next Wednesday and it's Rudiger a new sixty million. Rudiger's still injured as well, isn't he? Exactly. So he's yeah. get his chance. Mm. 
But I mean, now we've, we've just bid for. You I know, just hope Keane's going to be. I in. just hope though with Zuma, sorry, we didn't get led up the garden path, and we didn't spend too long trying to negotiate something that was never going to happen. If mm. you know what I mean, or we're hoping that something might come off because we've seen it before where we've kind of we've been led down the garden path and we've hit a dead end, and then all of a sudden we're left scratching our head because we've got nowhere nowhere else to go, and it kind of does feel a little bit like that because we're not really linked with any other. Centre backs are we at the minute? And the, the, minute the last one I actually seen was linked to it was Gary Cahill, which is a bit concerning because we might as well just kept Jagielka. It was Diego Lorente at Sociedad, apparently. There's been talk about him, but the other thing today was Tamori from Chelsea, the kid who was at mm. Derby last season. Do you know what though? You're saying all that about Zuma. I just don't think it's dead that yet, you know? I, I can do. see like a last minute, a last minute, you know, go for him because it, the whole centre half talk has gone quiet. It's other positions, whatever everyone's talking about at the minute. Mm. And I've just, just got an inkling that that's just not quite... Whether it gets over the line or not, I just don't think it's dead yet. But we'll, we'll You never see. know. You never know. I mean, one player who looks like he's on his way to Finch Farm or through the Finch Farm doors is Marzi Ken. Keen, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> um, what are we thinking on that? I mean, you know, he, like it, he seems like a brand type sign and like from what... Exactly. Of the organisation that, 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 yeah. that we're talking about. For me, I, I, I feel like this is... It could be seen as a gamble because he's he's still very young and he's at what played thirteen games for Juve, six goals or whatever it is. Um, are you you know do you feel good about this transfer? Yeah, absolutely. He's he's a full Italian international. Mm. Um, is he Italian? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of it. Three caps, <laughs> three caps. <laughs> six goals in thirteen games. Scores a goal every eighty-seven minutes. I think the, the stats are. Um, it's. Reminds me a little bit when we got Lukaku in. Mm. So a young, quite raw striker and he's going to have a resale value. Just going back to you know what Brands is, his plan is. But it's having what a specialist striker is really, where you look at Calvert-Lewin, you look at the couple of chances he missed on the weekend. If, if you've got a clinical finisher, we would have won one or maybe both of those games on, on the weekend. I think the good thing from what I've read about this guy though is he can play anywhere across the front three. So if you mm. want to play him on the left or the right, it's fine. And I, and I think that signals a lot of how we may even play under Silver next year. I don't year. think he's like a natural centre forward. Yeah. From what looking at him. I think it could be a, a mix between Richarlison, um Ken and Bernard or, dare I say it, Sahar. <laughs> um, you know, all alternating between the, between the front three. Almost, almost similar to how our neighbours play. In a way, um, and then, but if it is, if we do bring another winger, where's that leave Bernard? Because he's great. Silver said <laughs> that he wanted to play four three three was his preferred yeah formation when he came in. And the season's so long though as well, isn't it? Yeah. You know, players are going to get injured, suspended. Mm. You know, Bernard will get his chance. Yeah. I agree with you. Though. Bernard is he's a fantastic or player. Or do, do, do you knock him as, as your number? Put him down as your number ten then, and slowly withdraw Gilfy from the Gilfy from the team. I don't think Sigurdsson can play in a four-three-three. He's not. I don't think he's mobile enough, and that would cause a problem. I, I, I just, I'm just pleased that we look like we're going to sign a forward. We've got some sort <laughs> it's of better than the Arsenal. Better than Tottenham. I mean, it's better than I, I've not been to any of the yeah. friendlies due to wear commitments and other things over the summer. But every time I have looked at the team sheets or looked at the the, the way we played or or read around the games, it, it's been a bit frightening because there's so much of the dead wood that. You kind of forgot about his back. I mean, Kevin Miles playing right back. Kevin Miles playing right back at Wigan. <laughs> Nias starting up front against was it Monaco? You know, Calvert Lewin again over the weekend tugging away up, tugging away up by himself up top, but without getting any rewards. And he kind of sat there thinking, "It's like we've, it's like we've learned nothing from last season. It's like we've we've taken nothing from last season. Even we're in the same position that we are. So we're not though. We're we 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 uh, weaker." Well, if anything, we are weak, but what I'm saying is at least we're solving one issue of of, <laughs> of that problem because we haven't had a focal point in terms of someone who's mm. a natural goal scorer who, who's, you know, I know people say, well, he wasn't a starter for Juventus, but, you know, he must have some sort of pedigree about it. Same when we got Andre Gomez from Barcelona. People were quick to mock him saying, oh, well, got to be something wrong with him. Yeah, right? he's, he's a Barcelona reject and stuff like that. Well, maybe he just wasn't good enough to, to make the cut at that elite level, you know, and at the end of the day, people forget nowadays that the Premier League, even if you finish 20th, get relegated, you could probably offer more money than some of the European teams who were in oh, playing well, in the Europa you, League. You, you, know what you, I mean? you, look, you look at the championship, 
you some of some of the money that's floating around the championship, what you no know, teams are paying yeah. fifteen, twenty million for players from the championship. It's unheard. I mean there's there's teams in Spain and France and their top ten who don't pay exactly. who don't pay that money, so it's So there's incentives to come to a Premier League club and obviously Everton. <laughs> well, uh, you look at it as well, you know as bad as it sounds, but he's probably thinking if he comes to the Premier League and does well, it puts you right on the resale value. Right in the in the public spotlight, doesn't it? If you go to the Premier League and do it's you know, the Champions League is the crown and glory because that's when Europe's elite face off against each other. But the second best competition in club football is the Premier League by a country mile. You do it in the Premier League, you've got something about yeah, you because you know, yeah. because you go anywhere else then you just naturally naturally mm-hmm. slot in. The other big thing, though, is that Everton, we're not buying from Wigan anymore. We're not buying from Swansea. We're mm-hmm. not buying from Crystal Palace. We're buying from Juventus, the top Barcelona, level Manchester City. Of, yeah. of the biggest five clubs, mm-hmm. the biggest five leagues in the world. You know, They may mm-hmm. not be good enough for the Barcelona first team or the Juventus first team, yeah. but from a Premier League perspective, just you know, they're fantastic players. Just going back to that point about the centre-forward, though, and like it, I think it's great that we've got someone... Like he's 19, he's, he's a, he is a bit of an un, un, unknown quantity, but I was at Wigan and both both halves, the first half was like the first, you know, the first team and second half was like like the kids. And the two wingers were so mobile and so active, including Mr. Walcott. <laughs> That's his level of championship. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, cent, the centre forward, Carvet Luna in the first half and oh, who's the guy? Fraser Hornby. Fraser Hornby. They're so naive and getting into positions. They just don't. Mm-hmm. They don't. And it, and you need someone who's played at that top level, like someone like Moise Kenaz, who knows how to get into them places and and, and bring it on because he's better. He's, he's better than the ass. He's better than Tosin. He's got to be better. It's not than, hard though, is it? I, that's I mean, it's not hard. So I, I made up. We've gone out and signed a centre forward. There's no surprise with Calvert Lewin. You know exactly what you're going to get with him. I think defenders will know how to play him. Mm. He's not clinical, so he's the player you bring off the bench when you want to hold the ball up top and keep it up the other end of the pitch. That's what Calvert Lewin does. He'll run, he'll run, he'll run himself ragged for twenty minutes. I just don't think he's got it at that level. I mean, modern day football now relies so heavily on the wingers. I mean, again, let's talk about it, but Liverpool's wingers, mm. top goal scorers yeah. for me, knows the centre forward, but you know, he, he obviously does a job and does a really good job, but. You know, Salah and Mane just... You look at City as well, Stale and Sané. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so standouts aren't they? Yeah. We can be out. It's completely yeah. different to the way it was mm-hmm. 15, 20 years ago now. Wingers you know. who were scoring, what, 10, 15 goals are scoring 30, 35 goals. Well, we scored 50, 53, 54 goals last year. To be in the shout of Europa League or, you know, more than that, we're going to need 75, 80 goals mm. this season coming and you need to look at where well, you're going to get those from. Especially when you look at as well and you, you think, well... None of the other sort of big six. I know Chelsea have lost Hazard, which is a huge blow, but the rest have kind of not really lost any of the main focal points from attacking. You know, the top three. I think will be the top three again this year because there's nothing. There's nothing to suggest from anything below. Arsenal maybe might pip Spurs the third with Pepe and they can get Tierney over the line and and all the stuff for centre back that that could really kick them on, but. It's going to be tight. It's going to be. It's going to be compact, and the small margins will make a massive difference. Mm-hmm. Arsenal spent, but they were one of my three teams who were vulnerable. So you don't know how them players are going to fit in. But I still think it's Liverpool, City for the title. Then Tottenham. Then the three: United, Chelsea, and Arsenal are all vulnerable for that fourth spot. I, and I and think, this is that opportunity. I, I, and well, we yeah, waste I, this opportunity. Well, I think it's Ozan Leicester to be honest. Well, obviously, because, we're not the only one. Don't get me wrong. Because I think you know, if they can keep the same squad, because they've got goals, Madison and Vardy. Score goals and Perez so, now as well. And Perez has gone there. Mm. They've 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 got Yeamans in from is it Monaco on a permanent? Yeah. It's just like they're going to keep Maguire at the back, which I think will be massive for them because for a long, long time it looked like he was definitely going to be on his way. They've got a good team there, Leicester. So you know it's it's going to be tight. It's going to be compact, and it'll be fine, small margins. So hopefully a centre forward will help us yeah. in in them small fine margins. For, for us next year, it's ten and them draws against Watford and Newcastle into wins mm-hmm. and not losing games like the Brighton away game, the the, the Anfield derby, you know, losing them in, in that manner and thing. It, it, they're, they're the small margins you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And if you turn that round, you are going to push the push the, push the top six. We played well against Arsenal, come away with nothing. Let's go there this year and get something. Play well against United at Old Trafford. Again, come away with absolutely nothing. 
it's that's what's going to make or break the season. And these are, and these are the caliber caliber players that are going to help us do that. Not your Calvert Lewins, not your, you know, I don't know what else. Umani Asses. Umani Asses, there you go. Well, we're going to have to look up, yeah. Nias and Toshin aren't wants at the club. Let's, you know, they're not, they're not wants to because... I think Toshin just wants to stay forever. <laughs> well, yeah, he <laughs> really does, doesn't he? Because, you know, last January, it, it sounds like they offered him out. Offered him out. Got a couple of responses. We're keen to get him out, and he was dug his heels in and was like, I don't want to go anywhere. My place. They, asked, they, got, they got shut off as fast as they could to Cardiff. Yeah. That's why the Sahar deal wouldn't have gone through because he was included in that deal. He <laughs> yeah. would have scuppered that deal completely. <laughs> He'd be like, What? Get rid of me. I'm staying. I, I, th- I do honestly think that Nias has probably stayed so far because A, we haven't got a forward, and B, because the way the squad come back in dribs and traps from the summer just pre season, we just needed a couple of bodies in there to, to help with over the helmets in the game. Does anyone watch the Monaco game? Yeah. Is Miss? That, that, that Nias thing where he, it went over his head and he somehow scored the against the Yeah, like, what are you doing, mate? Like, to be fair, though, that was a good effort. Like the score oh, come on. No, we messed it to up be, the first To, be, to be fair, it was everything that Nias probably will, is, is a footballer. The basics he got all wrong in terms of his feet. Get his feet set in front of the goal, but then producing something out of nothing when no one expects like, do you remember, it. Do you remember that goal? Was it last year or the year before when we played Palace and the ball hit him on the side of the face and it goes <laughs> in the back of the net? The lads are parody. We can't convince they won a competition. <laughs> a, couple of, a couple of mates from Cardiff City's season ticket holders, they said he's the worst striker they've ever seen. Yeah. It says a lot on it, really, when. Awful. Yeah. Good assessment there. Um, one player who has been confirmed, unfortunately, and leaving a gaping hole in the midfield is Adrissa Garnagay. Um, huge loss in it. Yeah, he's a fantastic player. Absolutely brilliant. He he's one of the very few I think over the last couple of years who's left the club with credit mm. and every comment wishes, on Twitter has just been good wishes, with good wishes and supporters because he, he's a fantastic player and you know he, he could have thrown his toys out of the pram in January when he didn't get the move, but he came back and you know probably the best form he's had in in an Everton shirt over the last. So ten games yeah. of last season, he was absolutely brilliant, and seven million pound is a, a astonishing bargain mm. when you consider the levels you know, he, he could play to. And it's sad to see him go. But. Have PSG got a, a better deal than what we've got? Yeah, hundred percent. If he's going to a Premier League club, we're looking fifty for fifty million for him easily. He, if because United were moving, you know, were sniffing around them, weren't they? By all accounts, earlier on in the window, easily fifty million. But because it's mainland Europe, it's, diff- it's a different kettle of fish, you know. And it's a dream move as it's well. A, it's his dream move. You know, we we, we denied him once. And he, he's the only player out of the current squad who you wouldn't begrudge your move because for three years, during all of this nonsense that we've had to put up with, he's probably been, he has, well, he has been our best player without a shadow of a doubt. He makes that, he, if he's not in that team, that midfield's overrun. You look at his stats, his stats are, Stats are the best in the league, aren't they? For what he does, I think, or, mm. or close to interceptions and tackles. Inter- yeah, you know, last three or, or close tackles. Yeah, you know, and, and it, I'm gutted, but you know, let's go and get someone else in now. Let's try and not be too sentimental, sentimental over it, mm. and get a, get his replacements in. This guy, you know, Matt was saying about. Goodbye, I forgot his name nice. already. Yeah, um, you know, let's get him in and let's let's hope he eases just as effective, just as effective as a. Uh, as Ghana Gay was. I mean, Connor, obviously, Silver said, you know, we are, we do need to replace Guy. If we don't, um, then does that give, you know, the, the likes of Davis and Snardlin um, a chance, maybe even McCarthy, if he doesn't go to the likes of Palace? Possibly, yeah. Although I, I still think that Delph obviously may, Del- may, may start yeah, there, Delph's there obviously, um, to, to begin with. But yeah, I think that they will get a chance, which I would be surprised. I think Silver would be disappointed if he had to do that. Because when to come out and say we need to replace him if he does go, we're meant to be turning to players who, let's be honest, he probably wants off the wage bucket and wants out. I think he'd be disappointed if he was having to call on like of Schneiderlin, McCarthy, players who we all know the club have been quite keen to, to not get rid of totally, but in McCarthy's case where they look to get him out on loan and stuff like that. But certainly Schneiderlin where they've tried to get offload him in the past and stuff and it's not, nothing's come. So I think he'd still would be disappointed if he was doing that, but it could well end up being his only option because there's what ten nine days left now of the window. Thursday, isn't it? next Thursday. You know, it's time's ticking and it's, it's gonna. It's it's not it's not going to be easy. I think to get people over the line and I suppose the only backup is that he does have them players available to him. But like we've said, 
then play is going to take us to the next level? Probably not, because we haven't deemed them good enough for the position that we've been in. Mm. So you can't then all of a sudden expect them to come in and take us to the next level when you don't believe they're good enough to be at the level that you're at. Mm. No, no, completely, completely agree. Um, okay, we'll finish off with this last question. Um, Matthew, in hindsight, obviously, you know we're not going to get to him by the looks of it. So have we made the mistakes in getting rid of Jags? No, I don't think so. Um, I think the times he was injured last season, then there were you know, prolonged periods. I think it's the opportunity for Mason Holgate now. We get Mina and Keane will be our starting centre-backs, I think, and Holgate will be there is the third choice. And in terms of looking at Mina's injury record, though, and the fact that you know Holgate potentially now could be deputy to Seamus Coleman at right back, that effectively just leaves... Mina and Keane, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I, I think we'll get a centre back in, whether it's mm. it's on loan or, or, or we buy somebody. But I think for Mina, the being fit for the the back end of last season, going to the Copa America, playing that, he, he's he's had a prolonged period of fitness now, and he's played a couple of preseason games. I think we'll see the best of him. I think he'll be a really really good player for us. Any difference in opinion on that? Should we have kept Jags, do you think? Just with, um, obviously, the way the window's panning out at the moment. The way it's panning out, no, I'm probably in agreement with them, but I think I agree with you. Um, I think we won't see a whole gate as a centre half. I think, if anything, he'll be the right back cover because that's where he played for West Brom on loan last year. Um, if we don't get a centre half in, I know it's only pre season and you shouldn't, I, I don't even read too much of it myself. But given the opportunities that Lewis Gibson's been given, I think he could feasibly be the cover for either Keane or Mina. I think we'll start with Keane and Mina. I don't think we've got a choice but to start with them anyway unless we do go out and get someone. But given the opportunities that this kid's had, you know, I think he might be the, the cover then to uh, the guy that'll have to make the step in and see how he goes. But I do, I think we'll get someone in. Just don't... There's talk be. of Arias from Atletico Madrid, the right back All right. that Brands is interested in because he had him at PSV before he went to Atletico right. and they've just got Trippier. So may you never know. opportunity for that. Yeah. Well, is that, is it Jean-Philippe is he not a centre back? He started off at Lons, yeah. um, centre back, right back. But since he's gone to Mainz, he's in coming to the centre midfield. So, so looks like be. he could do a job in yeah. other areas. Want to finish anything off, Connor? You? Bob Jacks. Well, yeah, I don't know. No, I think we should completely. We should have got rid of him. Yeah, I think we've made too many mistakes the past where we kept players on for one or two years more than what what they should have been. Um, and uh, although it's sad. You were, I mean, I personally think that the one who will get a chance isn't necessarily Holgate. I think it'll be Lewis Gibson who will be given a chance to, to play at centre-back. Mm-hmm. He's still involved with the first-team squad now for pre-season when others have gone back to the 23s because of the influx of... Which tells you something. He started the weekend in the second game, I think he scored, and has done really well. And he's one I've watched for a, a couple of years now and he's, he's definitely a prospect and he's clearly doing something right because he's still in and around the first-team squad. So I don't necessarily think Holgate. I think he's actually ahead of Holgate in the pecking order because I don't think Silver actually rates Holgate that much. I think he's a bit, he's a bit of a Joseph Yobo type, isn't he? Holgate was prone to something that, like, uh, you know, I know West Brom fans last year weren't particularly impressed with what they saw. I think they were expecting a little bit more than what he offered, but I think Lewis Gibson would be the one who, who could potentially be given a shot. And I think there's every chance he will be given a shot because... Yeah, I mean, his injury record, anything to go by, he won't, probably won't play every Premier League game. And obviously, Michael Keane's injury prone as well, not to the extent of Yeri Mina, but he picks up a lot of knocks and niggles and cuts and bruises. So, I mean, we're going to do the week. He went off yeah, after half yeah. an hour with a deep injury. the face. You know, he's, he's, he, he gets, seems to be always in the wars. So, I think Gibson will be given a shot if, if they don't bring no one in. Gibson played the second half against Wigan. I was really impressed with him. Yeah. Um, and I watched the mains game. As well, and again, I was impressed with him there. And I do, I think, like you said there, Connor, the way he's been, he's stuck around. He just seems to be the guy who make the make the step up. Which is surprising because I always thought the club really valued Morgan. Is it Morgan Feeney? Um, but maybe, but again, the difference in under twenty three levels to Premier League mm-hmm. levels a different kettle of fish. And maybe Lewis Gibson is the lad to, you know, to be the to be the new centre half. But we'll we'll see. Well, watch this space. We'll see what happens over the next couple of days. It's all going to be. Very exciting. Let's hope it's not as farcical as last night. <laughs> um, <laughs> as a, as I reckon we'll go to the pub on deadline day. That'll be funny. Thursday. 
It's Friday, isn't it? No, it's Thursday. Thursday. It was a Thursday. Yeah, Thursday, I, five o'clock. Well, I'm happy to go to the pub. Let's get out. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to turn make it entertaining. Sounds. <laughs> let's. I'm there. Let's go. Right, Matthew. Thank you for coming on. Pleasure. Rob, thanks for coming no on. Problem. Connor, thank you once again. Uh, that's it for your view from the Gallery Street podcast this week. We will be back next week, a day before um, deadline day on the Wednesday. That's when the podcast will be next out. Appreciate you listening. Thanks again. You've been listening to the View from the Gladys Street podcast from the Liverpool Echo.